Welcome to the Keep Idaho Red Radio Show, where you'll hear from national, statewide, and local Republican leaders about the issues that are most important to Idahoans today. Now, please welcome Tom Luna and Vic Miller. Welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio here on 580-KIDO 107.5 FM. And Vic, our sister station, KLIX in the Magic Magic Valley. Valley. That's right. Now we're going to welcome um, Jason Monks, Representative Jason Monks to the show. And Jason is in District 22, House Seat B. He's in his sixth term. So he's a pretty popular guy. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it's that's, been 12 that's years. A good, wow. That's a good kind of streak is to win six elections. And he's on the um, Revenue Taxation Committee. He's the new chair of that, which is an incredibly important committee. We'll talk a lot about that. He's also on the Business Committee and the Transportation and Defense Committee. Good morning to you and Merry Christmas, Representative Jason Monks. Good morning, Tom and uh, Victor. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you oh, guys. and. Uh, it's always a you pleasure know, to you have know, you. I'm sorry. You, know, you mentioned you guys have been doing, doing this for three years now, and I was thinking about all the, the effort that you guys have put into the to the party, and, and I don't think anybody's worked harder than you guys over the last few years to to keep Ada Red and to um, you know promote the, the, the party causes. I really appreciate that. I don't think you guys get enough credit for that. Well, I, I, pr- I deeply appreciate that. Yeah, uh, thank you, Representative Monks. We um, it's we had a we we chatted a little bit, but before we get into some of the politics stuff, what is what what is does the Monks family have a Christmas tradition? Yeah, let's that, that that you could share, like maybe that we should be doing in our own homes. What do you guys do that's special? Well, yeah, our, our traditions have kind of uh, morphed a little bit over the over the years. We used to um, one of the things we loved to do was we'd go up in the mountains and cut down our own Christmas tree, and we did that for a lot of years. And um, as uh, you know, times changed and such, we kind of got away from that one a little bit. But um, you know, I think driving around uh, looking at Christmas lights is always a fun one. But but more recently, over the years, we we do a, a little bit of a live nativity um, in our house. We read the, the the story in the Bible there. And we act out the, the scenes, and we've even been known to, to videotape that and send that off to some friends and family to watch. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of special, but it's also kind of fun uh, and funny at the same time. So you're talking, you you got grandkids? That's what you're saying. Um, grandkids and still other yeah. kids at home. I have yeah. um, four still at home, and we've got a um, total of eight uh, eight kids and 11 grandkids. Our, our biggest argument, Vic and, and Jason, is who, who gets to be the donkey. Do you, do you have that right. argument in your house? <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it depends on what, what age you are right. on how much you do or don't want to be involved in the process. Well, everyone wants to be the you know Angel Gabriel, Jesus, the wise men, wise guys, wise then, guys. Yeah. Like, so when you say live, I mean, are you are you, are you bringing in sheep and camel and and <laughs> I mean, how how live is this, Representative Monks? No, we, you know, we do it uh, just with who's there. In fact, we, we had some years where we had a kid serving, um, serving church-related missions elsewhere, and we had cutouts of them, and, oh. and we kind of dressed yeah, up fun. and, and uh, used them as props as well. So yeah, we try to, we as, as good as we can. So you're the new chairman of the Revenue and Tax Taxation Committee. That is an incredibly important role. Congratulations on that, by the way. And Thank you. Appreciate it. So tell people what the Revenue and Taxation uh, Committee does, and how do you interact with 
uh, this thing called the Joint Finance Appropriations Committee, which is a, a committee of 10 members from the House, 10 members from the Senate. So talk about how you work with that. And then the governor sets the overall tone with the budget. So maybe just tell people about how that all works together. Um, so, you know, Revenue and Taxation, we, Revenue Tax uh, Committee, we we really set the policy for the state. Um, we determine how much revenue the state's gonna gonna have to work with. Um, you know, and that, that's the kind of the simplistic overview. And JFAC, or the Joint Finance and Appropriations Committee, their job is to appropriate all that money. I like to kind of tease them a little bit and say they just they just spend the money. We're the ones who actually determine how much they get to spend. Um, and and you're right, the governor does kind of come up with his budget, but but, you know, I'm not taking anything away from him, but uh, it's the legislature's job to determine the budgets, to determine everything. Uh, he does put forth his recommendation at the beginning of the year, and sometimes we follow that, and sometimes we don't, um, which is, is as it should be. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the quick overview on how we work together. I, I think, um, you know, revenue and taxation really sets the policy for what we're going to do, as do the other germane committees. Um, if we're going to do some big transportation funding-related issue, the Transportation Committee will will uh, determine that policy, and JFAC really just just allocates the money um, after the afterwards. And not to take anything away from them, I'm sure uh, Wendy Horman would tell me how uh, yeah. much different on on the, the function of that. But you know, I'm I'm loyal to my committee, and and so I think, of course, my committee is the most important one there is. We know, and Representative Monks, I just want to give uh, from personal experience. You know, when I was state superintendent, we 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 would propose our budget. The other constitutional officers would present their budget. The governor would present an overall budget. But one thing that we all waited and everything hinged on was the overall revenue number that your committee will set because everything, every everybody's budgets have to fit within that number. And, you know, we were always kind of waiting and anticipating just what that overall revenue number would be because that's, that's all JFAC can spend. That's all the uh, you know the the different departments would split up education taking over fifty percent, and so it, that one act and, and one of the first things that they do when you guys come to town is is one of the most important when it comes to revenue taxes and what those budgets are going to look like and how the money is going to be spent. Correct, and and so there's just for a, a little bit finer point on that, um, we have an economic outlook committee that meets at the beginning, and, and that is comprised of a lot of chairmen for the most part, and um, at, we go through and determine really what you're talking about that that number as far as what we think we're going to be able to have. That's kind of the the one year look short term process, whereas Revenue and Taxation Committee, you know, we set the long-term, you know, goals. If we do a tax policy change or shift or, or reduction, typically, you know, they're the next year out, and that's when that Economic Outlook Committee would be able to, you know, factor in the latest tax cuts um, or, or what have you that we've done. Fantastic. You know, we uh, let's let's talk a little bit about revenue and taxation committee or the ch- new chairman of it. You know, in in the in the recent years, there has been a probably an emphasis more on rebates on tax cuts. There's been um, almost a billion dollars, I believe, in rebates overall uh, in the last few years, and I believe there's 
about six hundred million dollars, if I remember correctly, in in tax cuts by reducing the tax rates from the six the the six percent. I'm sorry, the seven percent rate it was two years ago to the five point eight percent rate it is now. I mean, over over ten years, that's going to be six billion dollars being. So you put a and lot of money. Tax, right? you put a, yeah, in a flat tax, you put a lot of money into Idahoans' pockets. Um, is that going to be the orientation this year to continue that work, or are we going to start seeing more um, emphasis on property tax relief, grocery tax relief? Just give us some insights on what the priorities will be in your committee. Well, I think the priority is always going to be um, having some kind of tax relief to our citizens. That's that's the overarching uh, uh, message for me, at least uh, in my committee. We will always be looking at ways to, to reduce the tax burden on Idahoans. And, and that can take different forms, obviously. Over the last couple of years, it's been focused on uh, income tax. And, and there's a reason for that, too. It's, it's not that um, that's one of the few levers that we have to pull. Um, I, I, I mean, I'd love, we will talk about property tax here in a little bit, but you know, property tax is not something that the state collects. We don't get any money from that property tax. We don't set the rates. Uh, we don't collect the money. We don't spend the money. Um, we do on sales tax and we do on income tax, and that's why I think you always see the focus, at least we have for the last several years, on that income tax. But with that said, I think the, the, the mood of the public out there is expecting us to do something. Um, they've seen their property taxes go up to, to points where they're, they're having difficulties staying into their homes, um, and especially with the inflation that we've had, it, it's causing a problem, and so I think people are expecting us to act, and, and I'm, um, I'm confident that we will have something that comes out this year dealing with uh, property tax. And obviously the issue has always been in the past that you don't collect property taxes, you don't spend property taxes. You've, In the past, they've limited the amount of growth that can be uh, taken by any taxing authority. Um, maybe talk about, so how do, you, how do you work the property tax issue? Maybe we still have budget surpluses, I, I believe. We still, I think, are projecting some budget surpluses. So um, how would you envision, like, what's some, what are some of the levers that you might be able to work to help uh, those people who, who own their homes? So great question there, um, Victor. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really no magic when you look at a specific tax. And if we want to look at property tax specifically, there's only two ways to make that property tax go down. And one is to make sure that the budgets get cut, and that is literally forcing cities, counties, local taxing districts to actually cut their budgets. Um, and then the other option is to have uh, somebody else pay for it. And that's it. There's, there's no other magic that we can do. Right. Um, somebody else will pay for that at some point if we, we get involved in reducing the property tax uh, right. burden on people. And I think I think there's a there's a there's a groundswell out there and I'm part of that that, that wants to address this issue and, and we will. It's just how we do that. And it's going to be some kind of replacement there. Um, you know, Representative Monks, option. we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna have you back, so we're gonna pick up on this conversation when we'll and we'll be right back, folks. Talk about school choice. Yes. Welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio here on five eighty KIDO one hundred seven point five FM and Vic, our sister station KLIX in the, in Magic, the Magic Valley. Valley. That's right. Um, we uh, just had a segment with Jason Monks, and we have him back. Yes. Remind everyone, uh, Jason Monks, uh, Representative Jason Monks, represents District Twenty. 
2022 House seat B. He's in his sixth term, so he's a popular guy to win six. That's six elections. He's on the uh, Revenue and Taxation. He's the chairman, he's the chairman of yeah. that. He's on the Business Committee, Taxation, uh, Transportation, and Defense Committees. Um, Representative Monks, let's pick up on what we were just talking about and. Obviously, this Medicaid expansion, is it looks like it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue. If you look at the line item, and I know some of the money is reimbursed through the, the federal government, but that line item is now bigger than the education line. So maybe talk a little bit about um, what you see. What can the Revenue and Taxation Committee do policy-wise to try to affect the trend of that line, if anything? Well, you know, that's that's difficult because we, um, you know, a few years ago, the, the citizens of Idaho decided that they wanted to be part of that Medicaid expansion. And when you do that, then you fall under the purview of all the, the federal regu- regulations and requirements to uh, continue to offer that program to whoever, you know, essentially qualifies to sign up for that. And every time that Medicaid expansion has been done in any state, they've always underestimated significantly how much that was going to cost, and, and Idaho is no different than that. We we were told it would only cost a few million dollars to the state, and now, as you said, it's one of our largest, largest line items. And um, fortunately for us, a lot of that's paid for by the federal government, but our share is con- increasingly getting larger, and the larger that becomes, we've got to get that, make up that money from somewhere. And, you know, if, if education is our largest, you know, state line item, and Medicaid continues to increase as it is, we're going to have to start pulling money from from uh, various places in order to pay for that. You know, Representative Monks, and you remember when this whole thing was on the ballot and Reclaim Idaho was going across the state and making these claims, you know, that the federal government's going to pay for all of this and, you know, why wouldn't we do this? Um, the, the warnings and the red flags were waved at, at that time that this, uh, that the way this is designed is to transfer more and more of the responsibility to the state and, and the growth that was built into the system, into the Medicaid expansion, that it, sooner than later, Later, this was going to start having an impact on the money that's available for those things that Idaho currently spends its its dollars on, it, which its number one priority is in education. I think it's ironic now that the same group that got this passed is now the ones that are claiming that we're not spending enough money on education, right? And and so when we see these ballot measures come forward, um, we need to go into these things with our eyes wide open when we cast our votes and know, uh, you know, just what the facts are and what the truth is. Because because the consequences as being played out in this uh, can be severe. You're absolutely right. And all we have to do is look back a a very short few months ago, and their solution was always raise taxes. Uh, And theirs would have been the most massive tax increase that I think we've ever had in Idaho if uh, they had continued on with their ballot measure. That was always their solution. Let's raise just taxes so we can pay for more programs and such. Um, Part of the Medicaid expansion conundrum there that we had is is when that first went through, I think we in the the House and the legislature needed a, a pretty good effort to try to put some side rails on that and sideboards so that the program didn't get um, out of control. Unfortunately, you know, we, we were able to pass those things, but they still had to be approved through the federal government, had to go through a long process, and, and that never really materialized. And so all the effort we, we put in as a state to try to slow down that, this, this massive growth, uh, we weren't able to, to get completed. Yeah. Um, a lot of that because of who's, you know, who's um, in the White House at yep. the time and their, their 
administration has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Let, let, let's keep talking about education, but shift to school choice, because I know that's an important priority of yours. Uh, we've heard a lot of talk about this. We heard about it last session. We heard more talk about it during the special session. But this coming uh, um, legislative session, um, there's an expectation that there's going to be uh, more focus and efforts to expand school choice, uh, give parents more options for the education of their children. You know, for me, it's it's really a very similar issue is that we face with the taxes. Uh, when the state has a whole lot of extra taxes, what should we do with that money? And I, and I think, well, it came from the, the people. It's their money. Yeah, uh, They just give us a little too much than we needed, and so we should give it back. And, and there's ways of giving that back. And, and school choice, to me, is the same thing. This is money that the people have paid into the system here. It's their tax dollars. It's not state dollars. It's not education dollars. These are their tax dollars, and I think they should have a little bit more say in where and how those tax dollars are spent. And if they want to use the current public systems, I think that's great. I've, I've had eight kids go through the public school system, and so, um, you know, that will continue to, to happen. But I think there's people that that system doesn't work for, and they should have the opportunity to use their tax money where they choose to, to use it. That's And that's all really this, this whole thing is about, is, is giving um, parents and students options to find out what works best for them. How, how do you see that being played out? We have charter schools. We have open enrollment. Uh, I would argue that empowering parents is is, is definitely uh, a way where you're giving parents uh, ultimate say over at least how some of the money is being spent on their child, their individual child's education. What, what other things do you see uh, playing out or being discussed this legislative session? You know, Tom, and, and charters, I'm a, I'm a big fan of charter schools. I've had a lot of kids go through charter schools, and I think that's a, a very important part of that. Um, but as, as we've seen, especially in nationally and some here in Idaho, there are things being taught in public schools that um, I don't think are always appropriate. And, and again, I'm not going to throw anybody here under the bus from Idaho. I think our teachers do a fantastic job. Our administrators are, are all very concerned about the well-being of our, of our, uh, of our kids here. But that doesn't mean that they're perfect either, and it doesn't mean that everything that they do is right. Um, and there are there are plenty of examples of where I don't think um, they're always serving the best interest of our of our children. You know, we saw during COVID what happened there, and and I'll argue that we had two years of wasted education with my kids. Um, our test scores kind of proved that out. Yeah. That it, um, you know, it just didn't quite work out as we we thought it would. Well, and, um, and I think. That Representative, as this plays out, we're going to have you back to talk about the school choice issue, definitely, and talk about taxes and revenue. And uh, we appreciate you uh, being a guest on our show. And folks, we'll be back right after this break. 